What if happiness is a natural state? What if you could relax into greater and greater levels of joy and well-being? I'm Indy Odlin, and in this episode of the What If It All Goes Right podcast, I'm sharing an excerpt from a Sunday morning talk that will help you connect with a deeper inner wisdom, a wisdom that you can use to step into greater joy and happiness, and a wisdom that can help you create results that can sometimes appear miraculous. This talk was delivered at Unity of Red Rocks in Colorado, so yes, you'll hear some spiritual references in this talk. If that's not your thing, just skip on to our next episode. It is all good. But if your spirit is up for it, I invite you to take a deep breath and drink it in. Here we go. So I had this moment, this is several years ago, I was back in Texas and I was driving home from a long commute. I worked in Dallas, I lived in Arlington. It was about a 45 minute, nothing but interstates and concrete and you know, that kind of commute. And I was driving home and I was just in a mood. I was listening to the radio, you know when the right song comes on and it's like, nothing else matters, it's like, this is just a great day. And I was driving home and I thought, you know, I think I'm going to go home a different way today, just because I feel like getting some different scenery. So I, so I went a different way, and I had pulled off, um, and I was, found myself near the neighborhood where I grew up. I was just a few blocks away from the house where, where I was born, where I was little, and I was thinking about what it was like when I grew up there and thinking about how my brother and I used to have these little red you know, radio flyer wagons and how we'd pull each other down the street. And I was just thinking about how nice it was growing up there and listening to the radio and on my way home from work. And as I was stopped at the light, I was at an intersection coming off the interstate, and I was at this traffic light thinking about all these things. When I looked over and the car next to me, there was a guy in the car and he was giving me the you know, like, roll down your window, roll down your window. And I thought, well, I'm right by the old neighborhood. I thought, is it possible that this guy knows me? So, so I roll down the window, and I'm like, hey there. Like, I'm supposed to know him. And then he looks at me, and he's like, I have to ask you, why are you so happy? <laughs> And, and I, you know, of course, I'm like, oh, first of all, I'm embarrassed because I don't actually know this person. And that realization hits me. And so I just kind of smile and I'm like, well, you know, uh, it's Thursday. <laughs> and I rolled my window up and then I, you know, the light turned green and off I went. And then I thought, it was Thursday. You know what? That was a terrible answer. It's Thursday. That's what I said. It's, that's why I'm happy. It's Thursday. And so I was driving off and thinking, isn't that strange? One, that I need a reason, you know, I was like, why do I need a reason to be happy? And then I just realized I didn't even know I was happy until he said I was happy, and am I happy? I guess I am. And then I thought, well, is he happy? And if not, why aren't you happy? I should roll to have you roll down your window, tell me why you're not happy. So all this is going through my head, and I thought, what if happiness uh, doesn't need a reason? What if we could just be happy? Because you know, it's Thursday for everybody. It's Sunday for everybody. What if we don't really need a reason? So my name is Mindy Odlin. We are in the midst of a series based on the book, What If It All Goes Right? 
And we are on week two. So last week, we focused on the power of our thoughts. And the challenge for last week was to turn up the volume on your internal dialogue. Did you do that? You've been listening to the voice in your head and all the things that it says and all the possibilities that it creates and perhaps some of the limitations that it puts in front of you. So we were mindful of our thoughts. Last week, we talked about how to use our imagination to direct our thoughts into new directions. And so this week, we're moving along in the creative cycle. Did you notice an increased awareness of how your thoughts impacted your state of being? Yeah, absolutely, yes. So you notice that when your thoughts are in a certain direction, it feels really good. You notice that when your thoughts go in a different direction, not so good. So thoughts and feelings have this wonderful relationship with each other. I thought I would demonstrate this. I need a volunteer to demonstrate um, ease and joy. All right, Cindy. All right, so I have here a little vase of water. And what Cindy's going to do, I'm going to give Cindy a cork. And what she's going to do is she's going to put it in the water. All right, so what do you think is going to happen? It's going to float. Okay, so now you're give her a round of applause. Wasn't that great? Yeah. All right, so here's your challenge, Cindy. Do you think you can get the cork to the bottom of the vase? There she did it. Give her a round of applause. Oh, no, she did. there she did it. Awesome. Good job. Now what's going to happen when she lets go? We're linked forever, aren't we? Because when she lets go, what's going to happen? It's going to float back to the top. So give her a round of applause. That is, that is the learning of the day. What does it take to keep the cork down? You've got to have pressure. You've got to have resistance to it. But the cork is naturally going to float. That is its natural way of being. And the only way to get the cork to the bottom is to apply resistance to it. That's the only way to keep it down. And as soon as you release that resistance, what you saw, is it just pops right back up as soon as the resistance is gone. If you think about how we are wired, you know, what is our nature as a spiritual being if we were the cork? You know, what is our nature in this physical universe? Our nature is, is joy. Our nature is happiness. Our nature is peace. Our nature is generosity. That is our nature. But we don't always experience that. So when we're not experiencing that joy, when we're experiencing something like anger or frustration or guilt or any of those things, it is always an indicator that there is resistant thought that is not in alignment with who we actually are. And if we can let go of those thoughts, then we naturally will reemerge into our natural state, which is joy. You know, think about like a little baby. And you know how they are so cute, and they coo, and they smile, and they giggle, and they play, except when they don't. And when they don't, what does mom do? She tries to figure out what's wrong, because something's wrong. If that baby's crying, it probably is hungry, or it's tired, or it needs a diaper change, or something. But we know that when the baby is upset, that something is out of alignment that needs attention. Something is yearning for attention, and the same is true with our emotions. So our emotions are the cork in the water that allow us to have the feedback of how are our thoughts leading us. So do we have resistance to the good that we are, to, the, to that joyful feeling, or are we allowing ourselves to just be who we've come here to be? So think about your emotional state as that cork and what are the things that we do that submerge it? And what if we could use the power of our imagination when we notice that that cork is going under? What if we could use our imagination to reframe our thinking until we notice that that cork bobs back up, that we can reclaim our natural way of being? So that is the possibility. So the Institute of Heart Math 
is a fabulous organization that has spent decades studying the connection between the mind and the heart and seeing how they work together. They've done tons of research. It's a wonderful organization. And here's what they found through their research. Heart activity, your heart activity, affects mental clarity, creativity, emotional balance, intuition, and personal effectiveness. Research indicates that the heart is far more than a simple pump. The heart is, in fact, a highly complex information processing center with its own functional brain, commonly called the heart brain. And that communicates with and influences the cranial brain through the nervous system, the hormonal system, and other pathways. These influences affect brain function and most of the body's major organs, and they play an important part in mental and emotional experience and the quality of our lives. So our heart is more than just this organ that's pumping blood through our system. We know this intuitively because when we think about love, you know, where do we go? We go to our heart. When we think about peace, we go to our heart. We intuitively know that there's something, there's some wisdom that lives in our heart that sometimes the brain can miss. And my theory is, so we have these two brains, the heart brain, the cranial brain. My thought is the heart brain is there to remind us of who we are, that the heart always knows. It never forgets. It knows that we're here to experience joy and love and peace and harmony and all those wonderful things. The brain is here to help us survive, to help us navigate. It's, it's here to support that journey, but sometimes it kind of goes off in its own little tangents. And so I think there's this relationship where our heart will give our brain the feedback of when, it, when they're in alignment. So if my heart is saying, your nature is abundance and joy and you are enough and you are worthy and all those wonderful things my heart knows and cannot deviate from. When my brain is thinking something different, when my brain is seeing scarcity and lack and not enough, then we feel stress and anxiety and all of those sunken feelings. So if I notice that, it tells me these two aren't in sync. When we can line these up, when we can line up our feelings with our thought process, then we have that sense of, Ah, wholeness, that sense of, of joy and happiness, and we don't, even, we don't even need a reason for it. It's just how we are. We're just floating along. We don't have to do anything for that to happen. So we have this wonderful feedback loop. If my feelings are, are anger and frustration, then I use my what if. I, I go to my mind, my imagination. What if I could see this reality differently? And then my imagination is going to kick out possibilities, possibilities. And then my heart is going to say, I like that one. I don't like that one. Ah, yeah. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it shifts. Sometimes it doesn't. But the heart gives the feedback to the brain to let the brain know when you've landed on something that is truth, capital T truth, that is uh, what your heart wants you to believe in and to follow. So to share a personal example, it has been a couple of just crazy weeks for me. And I have found myself with more on my plate, kind of like the whack-a-mole, you know, the whack-a-mole thing, you know, it's like, it's been like whack-a-mole weeks for, you know, things popping up and I've got things going on and, and I've had this feeling like, wow, there is, everything is growing. Everything is growing. This community is growing. Everything is growing and expanding and, and I'm trying to keep up with it all and I'm feeling this like, ah, oh, 
it's a little overwhelming. There's so much to do. There's more to do than any person could possibly ever feasibly do. And so I'm trying to do all this stuff, and it's kind of overwhelming, and it's kind of stressful, and, but not really, <laughs> right? Like, that's one way to see it. Like, I could, I could see how it would be very easy from the perspective of the past couple weeks I've had to say, you know what? I just need to scale back. I just need to take stuff off my plate. I need to do less, and I need to get back to the way I was before when it was more balanced. I can feel the overwhelm part of me thinking this is the direction to go. But my heart has a different conversation. My heart is looking around saying, oh my gosh, everything is growing. Everything is growing. There's so much to do. There's more to do than one person can possibly do, so I must be growing. I can feel myself growing, and I know that the only way forward into this is for me to experience a shift in consciousness that's going to allow me to create, be a broader, bigger vessel for the good that is emerging through me. And it, yes, it's uncomfortable, and yes, it's a stretch, and yes, there's a lot going on, and yes, I'm trying to navigate it, and I know that all of this is leading me into my own growth, and I know that as I look back on this experience in a year, two years, three years, I'm going to say, wow, that was one of the most exciting times of my entire life. So that, you know, that edge between this is scary and this is exciting, it's a very thin line. And it only takes a little bit of imagination for us to shift. Because when we go to the fear, the fear says, go back. Go back to what's normal. But when we go to the excitement and the love and the calling and the passion, it pulls us forward and it, it says, you know, there is a new paradigm waiting for you that you're being pulled into because there's no other way. There's no other way to do this than to step into a new paradigm. So we have that ability to feel what's right for us and to imagine our way into it. One of my favorite uh, scriptures in the Bible is when you know, Peter steps out on the waves and Jesus is like, come on, walking on water, it's fun, everybody can do it, come on out, come on out. And it's Peter who actually does. Peter is the disciple that represents faith. Peter is the one that had that possibility that maybe he's talking to me, maybe what he's saying is true. And he's the one who believes it enough to actually step out and take those initial steps onto the water. But then, you know, you step out into a new paradigm and you know what happens. You start thinking about how the old paradigm was so much more comfortable. And what am I doing out here? Who am I to be out here in this new paradigm? And so he starts looking at the waves and looking at, you know, the, like, wait a minute, I, I shouldn't be able to do this. And he starts to sink. And then it's Jesus who says to him, and I love this bit where he says, you know, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? You were doing this. Why did you doubt? And the word in the Bible that it uses for doubt, actually a better translation for that is vacillate. Why did you vacillate? Why did you shift back to the thinking that you used to have when the thinking that you had stepped into was creating a different reality for you? Why, why do we vacillate? Why do we go back and forth? And I think it's because we have this unconscious way that we see ourselves, that we see ourselves operating in the world, and it's comfortable. And when we start doing things like this, and we start what-if-upping, and we start coming into spiritual community, and gathering in groups, and talking about our process, and bringing awareness to it, it leads us into new territory, 
And as soon as we find ourselves stepping, experiencing that new territory, we kind of look at, oh, this, I, don't know, I don't know my way around this territory. And so we kind of want to go back. We vacillate between what if I can and what if it's too hard? What if I can? But what if it'd be easier back there? What if I can? And what, so we step out and then we sink, and we step out and then we sink. So he says to Peter, ye of little faith, which I don't think was um, meant in a derogatory way. I think it was meant as a compliment. You are the one who took that first small step of all the others. You are the one who has demonstrated faith in a small way. You of little faith, why did you doubt? You can take that next step and that next step and that next step. So the next challenge for us, you know, besides coming up with the idea and having our feelings align with it, is then being able to lock into it and to sustain it. And that is where our practice comes in. And our, our groups, so we have small groups. If you're not in one, there's um, opportunities to join at any time. We encourage you to get plugged in so that you can practice and practice and practice so that we don't vacillate quite so much. We become masterful at seeing possibility and, and discerning very quickly when our mind is leading us down the wrong trail or when we're lined up. That is the possibility that we have. It's called, in heart math, they call it self-regulation, being able to regulate the way our heart and our mind works together. And they've done all kinds of studies um, that show the power of it. You know, when people win the lottery, studies show that they consider themselves much happier for about a year. And then they all go back to whatever was their previous sense of happiness. Same thing has been shown for people who receive a uh, terminal diagnosis. It will affect their happiness in a negative way for about a year. And then they go back to their previous state of happiness. So there are things that happen out there. We win the lottery or you know, good news, the bad news, whatever it is. And if we're looking for those outer things to be the things that make us feel happy, then we're constantly going back and forth. We vacillate. We go back to our unconscious pattern. But if we become masters at self-regulating our emotions, bringing our thoughts into alignment with the truth of who we are, now new things become possible. So these are some of the studies from, from HeartMath. They said they did a study of 5,716 middle-aged people, and they found that those with the highest self-regulation abilities were over 50 times more likely to be alive and without chronic disease 15 years later than those with low self-regulation scores, those who are just on autopilot. Because holding down the cork takes a lot of energy. It's draining. But if we can allow ourselves and train ourselves to return to who we are, it frees us up. They also did a study of elderly nuns, and they found that those who expressed the most positive emotions in their early adulthoods lived an average of 10 years longer than those who didn't. This is like life itself. They did a study of 1,200 people who were high risk of poor health, and those who learned to alter unhealthy mental and emotional attitudes through self-regulation were over four times more likely to be alive 13 years later. So for people with a, a negative mindset, if they could be taught to turn it around. You know, what if 
there is a new possibility. So this week in our groups, we're looking at chapters seven through nine of the book, What If It All Goes Right? We're talking about wisdom and how to line that up, how to use wisdom consciously when our feelings are not taking us in the direction that we want. We bring our wisdom in and our imagination in. They work together. And what happens when they line up, and this is in chapter nine, is we have this feeling of enthusiasm. I love the word enthusiasm. Enthusiasm comes from the word entheos, in God, that we are in alignment. We are whole and complete when we feel enthusiasm. And our feelings are the magnet that attracts to us. So the more intensely we are joyful, the, the more we attract those opportunities that bring us more joy. And the more we are you know, victim and upset and isn't it awful and all that kind of energy, the more intensely we put that out, the more intensely those types of experiences show up. We are like a magnet and our feelings are the accelerator. This week, the challenge is to bring your awareness to your emotional state, to your feelings, to when you're feeling happy, when you're feeling overwhelmed, and to notice you know, are you letting your cork bob or are there maybe some thoughts that are holding you down? And if so, to practice what if upping those thoughts. Notice the connection between your thoughts and your feelings. So affirm with me together, joy is my natural state. Together, joy is my natural state. I am blessed. I am blessed when I am blissed. <laughs> when I am blissed. Take a deep breath in to feel that as the truth of your being, mind, heart, body, all connected and aligned, serving this wonderful purpose that you have been brought here to fulfill. Thanks for tuning in to this week's special episode of the What If It All Goes Right podcast. If you like this and you'd like more episodes like this, let me know in the comments. And while you're there, subscribe and share this to help us grow our What If Up movement. Thank you so much for tuning in. What if you take one inspired action from this episode and it lifts you to new heights? I'm Mindy Odlin. I'll see you next time here on What If It All Goes Right. connect with people to ask questions and go deeper with this philosophy, I invite you to join the What If Up Club. It's free at www.whatifup.org. Members also receive access to special bonuses, including the meditation and reflection questions that go along with this talk. What are you waiting for? I'll see you there. <laughs>